I will never, ever again put myself in a situation where I need to be taken care of and I need someone to take care of my boys. I don't want to rely on anybody but myself and I want my boys to learn that, to know that mama is, loves them and is a very strong, independent, loving woman and can also run a company and be successful at it. It's my boys and being able to, coming from poor beginnings with my first husband, I never want to have to rely on others for my success. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we're celebrating small businesses for big breakthroughs. How often have you gone through and you've tried to find the right candidate for the right position you're trying to fill? And not only that, but as you're going through candidate after candidate and hire after hire, yet you just can't find the person that sticks and you're just going through a whole maze and a variety of people and ages and qualifications and it's just driving you absolutely batty well fortunately this week's guest here on small business celebration is somebody who knows something about this that can help you grow strong and profitable business I've got Lizette Patterson, the owner of Casador Consulting Group here on Small Business Celebration. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you so much for having me. And for visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? I am Lizette Patterson. I am the founder and CEO for Casador Consulting Group. Casador Consulting Group is a staffing firm. Casador stands for Hunter. I am a headhunter. We focus on direct hire, temp to hire, and temp positions. For visionaries who don't know, what kinds of positions do you typically hire for for businesses? What size businesses do you tend to work with? What are the parameters that you often work with for small business owners? Well, I'm very fortunate because I do work for small mom and pop companies. So anywhere that have three to six employees, mm. all the way to companies that have over 800 employees. Oh, wow. Yes. So I have everything. We staff from HR managers, mm -hmm. CFOs, COOs, all the way to your administrative assistant and receptionist. What got you into this whole thing in the first place? Staffing? Yeah, because, you know, it's not one of those kind of things where I think, oh, well, I'm going to wake up this morning and I'm going to get no. into staffing. <laughs> no, I was in a moment in my life where I needed to find a career. I recently had moved to Bakersfield and I didn't have enough experience for the admin world, hmm. but very little experience. And I looked on my own and finally went to a staffing firm and asked for a job and they hired me on as their receptionist, we could call it. Right. And very, really quickly I realized I loved the industry and I grew rather quickly within the industry. What attracted you? I had this young lady that came in with um, little to no experience. Uh, she came from a broken family and she really, really needed a job. And I knew that her resume just didn't read well. Mm. So I was able to go in there and, and help her with her resume, adjust it to where she sold herself correctly. We submitted her and she got a job within a property management company and now she's in management within property management and she's one of my first applicants that I placed. It's one thing to help the applicant find a job. Yes. It's another for to find the business owner or to find the business to match that person up. How do you go through and you find the right businesses to be clients? See, this is where it's fun for me and this is why I have my company because I can also help the businesses a lot. Mm. Where I do with the businesses, I sit down with the 
decision makers. I sit down with the heads of the departments to find out what is what is their need, mm -hmm. what is their hurt, why are they in pain, why do they need to fill this position, mm -hmm. and I get to find out more of the outside things regarding this. For example, the manager has a type personality. Mm -hmm. The manager is uh doesn't doesn't micromanage and it's a department that needs to be managed a little bit more mm. so then i go out and find them the right employees to solve a need for them and right. the employee sticks how do you find businesses the old traditional sales way you go and you knock on doors and you build relationships a lot of networking and a lot of referrals and reputation because you were employed yes with that but something happened and something clicked and said, yeah, I got to start my own business. Yes. What was that? I am in an industry that it can be very lucrative. Okay. It is, it's a, it's, you know, you're selling a product. That's what we do. Right. That also means that you're in an industry that's very competitive. So you have the recruiters are trying to recruit, recruit as much as possible, just bring in people and place them. Mm -hmm. Then you have the clients who are trying to get the discount or trying to, to find the employees really quickly. Mm -hmm. And I felt like there was a, a mismatch, especially when it comes with company cultures, mm -hmm. finding the right employees, making mm -hmm. sure they were happy, right. praying for a good product. Mm -hmm. um, the candidate, making sure they were finding their future home, not just a temporary home. Right. And I decided that the only way I can make an impact within the staffing industry was by me opening a company that I would be proud of and I could put my name behind it yeah. and infuse my culture and who I am into this company. Right. I was tired of the way clients weren't getting what they needed and candidates weren't getting what they needed. Right. And so it became a revolving door mm. of clients. So this client's going to pay you 5% more. Let's go there. Right. So you're, what about the client that you know it's a small mom and pop? Right. They can't afford a 60% markup. Right. Why are we treating them less than the one that's giving you a 60% markup? They're mm -hmm. still as important. Right. Or the candidate, same thing. Oh, that candidate, they're going to be there for three months, so let's place them and we'll have to replace it and make more money. Mm. Sorry, I'm saying things about the industry. It just happens a lot. Right. I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to protect my client and my candidate. It sounds like that one of the things that you value a lot is you're looking long term. Yes. Where did that idea come from? Actually, it's me. I wanted a home. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be wanted at, at a job. And a lot of these people, that's what they need. Finding, losing a job is like a breakup. It's a major breakup in your life. Losing an employee is like a breakup also. So I wanted to make sure that my clients had an employee that was going to be faithful and committed to them. And I wanted the candidate to find the same thing, an employer who's going to be faithful and committed to them. And that's where I created it because that's what I needed when I started an industry. I wanted to be needed within the position that I had. And I also knew that my employer needed someone that could fulfill the responsibilities and not leave them after three months for a dollar more. But being an employee and being a business owner are two very different things. Very. What have you learned? Oh, what haven't I learned? It's very, very different. But at the end of the day, we both want something. We both want stability. We both want a home. We both want success. And what I've learned is that you really need to tap into each of your employees' reason of why they want to work for you mm -hmm. and focus on that for them to stay with you long term. And so as a business owner, I've learned that it's not... It, it is about the numbers. Definitely, I review my numbers every day. 
every day I know exactly where we're at, but it's also if the numbers aren't there, what you got to point three fingers back at you. Like, what am I doing that's not making my sales team take it to another level? What am I doing that my receptionist is not providing me what I need? And so I've learned to have more compassion and be able to really dig more into what my employees are needing from me. And this brings us to our first vision, your question is courtesy of Mike Saba, a Zill premier agent with Watson Realty, born, raised, and never left Bakersfield. Give Mike Saba a call at 661-203-8406. Reach him at MikeSaba1 at iCloud.com today. Visioneer Tammy from Pomona asks, I've taken over an existing business, but it seems like we're starting all over again. How do you grow your service business without alienating your existing clientele? Because this is kind of what happened with you, you know? You had this existing clientele and now you've got this venture going on, but you don't want to alienate everybody that helped you be successful in the first no, place. No, you don't want to alienate. So this is the thing. This is a really interesting question because what we need to realize that we, when we take on a business, right. we're taking on the books. Mm. We're not taking on the clientele. Ah. The clientele has already built a relationship right. with the previous business owner or with your previous salesperson. Right. Okay. So now it's your job to focus on building a relationship and making those clients understand that they matter to you and that they're important and that the new clients that are coming in are not going to take over the attention you're giving them. So I think to me, it's focus on that old clientele, touch them, go visit them, call them, send them a text message, figure out what their way of communication is and make sure that they understand that you are still there for them. Also, if you're buying a new business and it comes with a book of business, you should sit down with those business owners that sold it from you and say, tell me a little bit about your clients. Mm. Why did, did that client buy from you? Why did that client buy from you? And understand what their hurt is. Right. If you don't understand the hurt, they're going to leave you. Right. Because they're going to identify someone that can understand their hurt and purchase from them. Do you have an example? When I transitioned from one staffing agency to another staffing agency, you know, I, I, lost a lot of my clientele because you are taking on a new business and we are in California and you need to be very careful on tapping into your into your previous sales that you've had. Right. So I had this large company within town that um, was not doing business with me anymore. Mm -hmm. But I continued my relationship with them. And every time they would call me and they would ask me, hey, Lizette, we want to hire this person. What are you thinking? We know we can't use you, but can you give me advice? Right. And I was still there to give them that advice. Right. About a year later, I signed the contract with that with that company. They brought me back because I didn't forget them. Mm. I was building my business and bringing you no know, business and making money come in, but I didn't forget that client because I knew ultimately they were with me because I knew how to solve their problems and they knew that they were important to me. This experience you had also had a landmine. Yes. What happened? How it went bad is that, whoa, you're really making me go, go deep. What happened is that I was busy chasing the dollars when I first went into this company mm. instead of chasing my dream, which mm. is to change people's lives, which is a client or a candidate. Right. I was successful because I'm a great relationship builder. Right. Uh, I can tap into people and just make them feel very comfortable with me. I'm a listener. Right. I listen more than I speak. So when I was there, I realized that I wasn't getting fulfilled anymore. 
And as a salesperson, because that was my role as a salesperson, right. you lead and you need to leave your clients mm. because they don't belong to you. Right. They belong to Cazador, right? At, right. At, now they belong to Cazador. You need to avoid that to make sure you don't step on that line and make sure that you still respect that other company that taught you. Right. And you just need to be very careful. So I respected that relationship that that company, you know, was able to bring me in, train me in their way. I learned new staffing ideas. I learned different ways to manage. I learned different ways to, to, to network. So I respected that, but it was time for me to move on and it was time for me to grow into my own and empower myself and step into my own power. The reason I ask is one of the fears a lot of business owners have is they build up their book of business, they develop their employees, and then you'll have one employee that for whatever reason doesn't like something about the business and they start their own business or they go someplace else and take all the customers with them and all the clients with that. How do you help make sure that doesn't happen? As business owners, we like to step away from our company sometimes, not me yet. You know, we like to step away and we just let our, our teams run right. with the clients. Right. Well, you're losing touch with your clients. Mm -hmm. Are you in the community? When was the last gala you went to? What was the last nonprofit event you went to? When was the last time you shook hands with one of your clients? Right. If you have good salespeople, it's very likely they're going to take some of the business with them. And you know what? Good job. Good job because that meant I hired some really great salespeople. But I also know that they'll give them some of the business but not all the business because they still like the relationship they have with me in Casador. They like me for what I do. They like my AP person. They like my AR person. They like my receptionist. They like my recruiters. So it's building a relationship and identifying what is their need and they won't leave you. I won't say they won't leave you 100% because it's likely they are gonna give some of their business away to that salesperson that they really like, but they'll still come back to you also. And if that salesperson or that person that left goes to a company that is not satisfying their needs, they're gonna come back to you 100%. And so you continue giving them everything that you give them. Be great customer service and make sure they understand they're important. I'm not scared. In the next segment, we're going to be talking about going through mountains and mountains and mountains of resumes. Oh my gosh, this is nuts. How do you go and, and find the right candidate? And yes, you've got all the online ones, but oh my gosh, this is absolutely terrifying. But before we do that, Lizette, if visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So the best way to get a hold of me is by my website, um, Casador Consulting Group or my phone number 877-800-4622. And of course, my LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify, and we'll talk about weeding through the mounds and mounds of resumes when we come right back. With the dark winter cold, rats and ants are being pushed into your home. Stay comfortable in your home with a call to Oxley Pest Control at 661-325-2687. The professionals at Oxley Pest Control can install door sweeps and traps to keep those little critters out and protect your greatest asset. Call Oxley Pest Control at 661-325-2687 or visit them at oxleypest.com. That's O-X-L-E-Y-P-E-S-T.com now. You were born here in the States. I was. 
And at one point, you moved to Mexico. I sure did. You lived for how long in Mexico? Almost three years. Almost three years. What brought you back? The inability to have a life in Mexico that would, could provide for my family. How so? Well, you know, my, my ex-husband, my first, my first husband is from a very small, and my dad, they're from the same town, small town near Guadalajara, Jalisco. Mm -hmm. and it's very tiny, and your way of life is either you own cattle, you own tequila plants, or you make cheese. You make about, back when I was there, about $100 a week. But really? But the cost of living is still high. The food still costs a lot of money. Um, you don't have the opportunity to put your kids in private school. The education system, the teachers show up when they want to show up. And it was time for me to come and live the American dream that my dad worked so hard to give us yeah. um, that he crossed here illegally. Um, when what I, did he do? My dad started at working mowing lawns, yeah. and then he became a truck driver. Right. And got hurt and started mowing lawns again. So my dad was a little entrepreneur on his own. Right. So I decided it was time for me to come back home and um, bring my husband over with me so that we can really build a future for our son at the, mo at the time. Right. Yeah, it was a tough time. Through that, mm -hmm. you, you became stronger. I did. I lived it all. My husband crossed illegally into the United States, and I'm not afraid to say it two times, yeah. um, because he wanted to provide a life for, for my son and I. And, um, you know, the system did not fail us. I think we're not, I'm not a victim. Um, everything happens for a reason. Right. And um, I learned a lot. I would get up in the morning and throw water on the dirt because our backyard was all dirt and chickens. And, and I went to high school. You know, I, I was in play production. I did all those great things here in, right. in LA. And I would go sell ice cream in, in the town square because we didn't make enough money and you know my husband would go out and have fun with the guys and I was raised of like I need to make money so I, I had a rough life but it was all worth it because it brought me I am who I am because of what I went through what is the difference about building a business here than it is in Mexico you don't get the opportunity in Mexico to build really? a business, really. It, either either you come from money yeah. or you come to the United States and you make a lot of money and you take it in those small town areas that we're from. Right. You come to the United States illegally, you work really hard, and then you take the money back and you buy a tractor, you buy 10 heads of cattle, you you buy the machine to make the tequila. Right. You know, but you have to get the money somehow. Right. The United States, you could come in and people can believe in you and you can grow and you can just go for it and, and find investors, find partners. You could just build it on your own. I have no college education. Well, I do. I have maybe 16 units at most. Right. At most. Right. I grew up dyslexic and with ADHD. Um, English Ditto. was my second language. Ditto. English was my second language. I was not good at school. I, I was great with people. Right. I was amazing with people. Well, all of those traits cannot help me in any way in Mexico. Mm. There was nothing I could do. And also, I was a foreigner in Mexico. I'm an American right. citizen. Right. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity for me. And that brings us to our second visionary question, courtesy of Mike Saba, a Zill premier agent with Watson Realty, selling Bakersfield homes since 1992. Give Mike Saba a call at 661-203-8406 or reach him at MikeSaba1 at iCloud.com today.
Visioner Gerald from Bakersfield asks, we're looking for a general manager to help us move in a new direction, but there are thousands of candidates. How do we narrow down what to look for? Oh, great question. Because <laughs> you have no experience in this field whatsoever. Exactly. Though, first of all, can you afford a recruiting team to work in your in-house to do it for you? Okay. Secondly, can you afford spending a whole week on looking for an employee? And, you know, first of all, what's the time that you need right. to fill this position? Okay. Right. You're going to get thousands of resumes. Right. On those resumes, uh, half of them are going to be not valid. Mm. The others are going to be people who are exaggerating on their resume or people with really good resumes that you have to dig about 10, 10, 10 down, call them, make sure they're available, schedule them to interview with you. By the way, you don't know yet if they're going to fit your company environment and culture. Right. So my recommendation, and I'm not promoting Casador, I'm saying my recommendation is do the smart thing. Hire a qualified individual that this is what they do for a living. Right. Sit down with them. Tell them exactly what you need, why you need it. Give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because right. let me tell you, no company's perfect. My company's not perfect either. Right. Why does somebody want to work with Lizette? Why does someone not want to work with right. Lizette? Give us that information and let us find that person for you. You can go spend, this person's $50,000 a year, let's just say, right? That's what you want to pay them. Okay. And you're struggling to find them. You can go pay a staffing agency a percentage, spend about $15,000 and get yourself a guarantee. Right. The other part of this question that I find interesting is they're looking for a new general manager to help them go in a new direction. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is one of the things, especially in the economic times in which we're in, Everybody wants to say, oh, the business isn't doing well enough. We need to go in a new direction. We need to hire somebody that can do that. But how do you figure out what that is? And then how do you figure out what that general manager is supposed to look like? That's very difficult. The general manager needs to come in and see what's going on now mm. and what, what they're seeing. But then the business owners have to be very open management team to get the criticism, mm. constructive criticism, see where that and see really, do they really need to change directions or do they need to make a shift on who's managing the employees? Right. Do you mean on the supervisors? Is that really the, what is a new direction? Right. We automatically assume when our companies are doing bad that, oh, we're doing something wrong. Maybe we're not doing something wrong. Maybe we just have the employees in the wrong positions and um, we just need to shift them around a little bit. Right. So really focus on your company and why is it, not where you want it to be, right. and then decide whether you really need to hire someone new. And also, when you want to hire a new general manager, mm -hmm. you got to look at where are they coming from? Mm -hmm. Do you like the direction of the company that they're coming from? Mm -hmm. Because if they've been 10 years at that company, they have that company's habits. Right. Is that where you're trying to go? Got it. Is that who you're trying to marry? Tell right. me the 10 people that you're around and I'll tell you how successful you're going to be. Tell me the right. 10 employees you have around you right. and where they come from and I'll tell you how successful you're going to be. Do you choose the general manager based on exclusively their track record or do you choose the general manager based on their vision? Vision. Why? Because a lot of the times when general managers are willing to leave a position where they're doing really well is because their vision was never, they've never been able to really follow what they really want. They really weren't able to put their vision out there. The companies mm. have not allowed them to. Mm. So when you're headhunting someone, and they're willing to leave, it's because they really want to change something. Mm. So listen to what they need, listen to what their hurt is and what they want mm. and what they want to do and hire them for that. Because obviously if they've been in a general manager position, they know how to do it. Now it's who are they going to be working for 
and how are you going to lead them? And are you going to let them to go in there and really make changes? With those changes, though, comes fear. Yeah. And when you bring somebody in like that that's going to make these changes, they're going to change the sales team. They're going to change the operations. They're going to change. Even if your business is you and three other people, they're going to change things. How do you help walk the business owner through that and realize, okay, change is coming. Well, but, but, but why are you a business owner if you're afraid of change? Change is inedible. Like every, every success happens because you change something and you and you it was a fear that was within you that you had to change so if you're afraid of change then maybe you need to go work for someone that's the way i see it because change is going to happen every day and it i say always to tell people do it even if you're afraid because out of fear comes change and out of fear comes beautiful things and if you stop yourself because you're afraid of change then you're not going to be that successful because Best businesses that we have happen during a time of adversity. Every person that's successful, they've had a lot of adversity and change during their life. It doesn't stop them. They just know that they have to pivot and make things happen. So if you're afraid of change, if that's something that's really stopping you, you I feel like you really need to analyze if, analyze if this is really what you want to do. Because being a CEO and a leader of a company, <laughs> it's fear every day. I have 10 employees that I have to feed their families. I am responsible for that. But guess what? It is what it is. You know, grab the bull by the horns and go for it. And I'm gonna be scared. I just bought out my partners. Now I'm 100% owner. I'm freaking scared. Never done it alone. But I'm not gonna fail my employees and I'm not gonna fail myself. If I don't want change, I can go work for a staffing agency and I can be a damn good leader. When you're not here, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, spend time with my kids and my family and my doing, friends. Doing what? Cooking. A lot of I like to cook. Oh, yeah? I, I like to socialize. I'm a big, so cooking is brings family around, you know, having my little tequila, right. you know, um, laughing with my family. And I like to spend time with my friends. My friends are my family. I like to go out, be in town, socialize. Right. I'm a, I'm a social butterfly. What has spending time cooking and socializing around cooking taught you about your business? Everything's about relationships and happiness. How so? If you're in business because for money, you're going to get disappointed a lot of times. If you're around your family because you need something from them, you're going to get disappointed because sometimes we're takers and sometimes we're givers. Right. And cooking brings you together, and whether you agree or disagree, you come together and 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 you have conversations and you laugh and you socialize. Business is the same way. I'm not going to agree with the ingredients that my coworkers want to give me sometimes, but hey, we got to try it a little bit differently and add it and have conversations. And it all happens around relationship-driven activities, which to me is cooking and family. What makes you wake up every morning and open your business? I will never, ever again put myself in a situation where I need to be taken care of and I need someone to take care of my boys. I don't want to rely on anybody but myself and I want my boys to learn that, to know that mama 
is, loves them and is a very strong, independent, loving woman and can also run a company and be successful at it. It's my boys and being able to, coming from poor beginnings with my first husband, I never want to have to rely on others for my success. The best things come out of fear. Just grind, go and figure it out, sit down, read, meditate, and understand that if you're not afraid, you're not growing. You just don't let it take over you. But if you're comfortable, there's no more growth and comfort. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to have a bad day. Cry it out. Go home and cry it out. And if you have no one at home, find that group of mentors and people that really care for you and cry it out and then wipe it off and keep on going because it's going to be hard. I've had a lot of hard days, but I can't give up. Was it? This has been a real treat. Thank you very much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank you. And if visioners want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? You can go to my website, Casador Consulting Group, or you can definitely go on my LinkedIn or 877-800-4622. And I'll be right back with my final thought. Hello, Visioneers. Sasha and I are here to talk about we've got a new season of Small Business Celebration coming up and we're looking for ad sponsors. Isn't that a great idea so we can grow and expand what we're doing for Visioneer Nation? Yeah, he thinks so too. So if you've got a business, you've got a service that you like to promote to Visioneer Nation, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. And I still have the cat. This episode drops the week of Thanksgiving 2023. And as I look over the past five seasons of Small Business Celebration, a lot of things have changed. I have changed. And I used to be the guy when I first started the show that I loved to be in the windowless room, in the windowless office, have pizza delivered three times a day. And my only socialization was my cat. Well, like Tamil likes to say, my wife, she says, you know, you have really come out of your shell since you started Small Business Celebration. And that's a large part because of you, Visioneer Nation. Yes, you keep sending me all the questions on social media to ask our guests, which leads me to more business owners and more guests. And my network of business owners have gotten bigger and bigger. And so have the friendships that have also ensued. And as we go into Thanksgiving, take a moment yourself. Take a look back and reflect on the people around you, the things that you've been able to accomplish, the lives you've been able to impact because what you are doing. Take a look around the room, take a look around the table and see the good things you've got. This coming from the guy that used to stay in the windowless room and the windowless office and get the pizza delivered three times a day. Well, I still have the cat. Right, Sasha? I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Lizette Patterson, the owner of Casador Consulting Group, and I hope you've learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week when we celebrate another small business making a big breakthrough. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. 
Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.